Let's pray together. Father, truly you are and have been so good. It's not something that you put on every now and then and try it out and see what it feels like. It's not something that comes and goes based on your mood. It is who you are. You are so good and have been so good to us as your people. Pour out gifts that are priceless. We don't even often recognize them. Even the gift of being here today, the breath that is in our lungs, the offer of salvation, the promise of new life, you just pour out goodness into our lives again and again. And we've sung this morning, and I think this sometimes is where our struggle might be. We've sung about how no matter how big we think you are, you're bigger than that. No matter how great we think you are, you are greater than that. No matter how good we have come to know you as you are better than anything that we have imagined. So today, Father, I pray that you would rush to meet each open heart, showing us again who you are and who we are. You are inviting us today, Father, to see spiritual truth that will set us free, that will bring us alive, that will bring us hope. There are some here who don't know where they stand with you, and and they're not sure what I'm talking about, but today you're going to make it clear to them. There are many here today that are children of yours, but Father, we haven't lived like we're children of yours. So do this work in us today. Because we may marvel at the music, the emotion, we may marvel at a message that's given or something that humans can do, but Father, you are so much greater than anything that has happened in this place today that humans have done. So I pray that your name would be lifted. That our eyes would be on you. That you would speak to our souls and accomplish your purpose, your plan, and your work in our lives. So as we open up your word, Father, help us. We know that you are passionate about us hearing from you. Help us to have the same kind of passion. To hear, to listen, and to respond. So we all that we can intentionally put ourselves in that posture, in that position to hear from you now. Give these moments to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Have a seat this morning. And welcome to Hope. I am so glad that you're here today. It is such a privilege to be together in the name of Jesus. If you are new or newer, uh, thank you for coming. We love having you, and I hope that you have felt at home so far. Uh, I know that our people love that you are here, even if maybe somebody's sitting near you that's tired or cranky or something like that. They still love that you're here. They just might not be able to put it out fully today. But uh, we do have a guest center. We'd love for you to check in back here before you go. We have a gift for you. We'd love to find out how we can be of help to you uh, before you leave today, how we could pray or or serve you in some way. Uh, Make sure you check in with us back there before you go. Now, before we talk in our sermon today, I, I just think it's such a privilege that we get to worship together, don't you? And I don't know, sometimes I feel like you get in the middle of a song and it just feels like you're just going to like take right... We were singing, You Are Good, right? And it just feels like the, we're just going to lift right off. Does anybody else feel that ever? 
Yeah, like, like they we're having a mini taste of the rapture when Jesus, you know what I mean? Like, like when Lord returns and get like, here we go. Could you imagine if he came in the middle of that song? Wouldn't that be awesome? Don't we far too little imagine what it will be like when Jesus returns? Like we imagine a lot of things. You've probably worried about many things this week, but I don't know how much time we've devoted to imagining what it will be like when Jesus comes back. I think that's, that's one of the hopes we have that we should hold on to. Maybe we should spend a little more energy on those kinds of things. So uh, I love that. I love the songs that we sang this morning. Bigger than I thought, that second song we sang is just, just one of my favorites um, because it just it expand, it, it challenges us to just say, whatever you think about God, y- you have no idea. He's just so much bigger than that. And I think that's a powerful, powerful truth for us as believers, as well as for people maybe who don't know where they stand in Jesus. All right, we're going to finish up our series today on Alive. And let me just ask you to begin. Does anybody here want to be fully alive in Jesus? I mean, isn't that what it's about? Isn't that what we're chasing? Isn't that what, when Jesus died on the cross and rose again to give us eternal life, he didn't give us eternal life so that someday we might be able to live. Isn't that going to be great where we can really live? No, he said, whoever believes in him has, you have it right now, eternal life. That life is in you. And we've spent the last couple of months going through ways that we get in the way of what Jesus is doing inside of us. People chase it all the time, this idea of life. And where we're going to land today, I think, uh, as we bring this series to a close, I think is one of the things that is really, really dear to my heart and really passionate inside of me. I think it is some of the big point about why Jesus died. So we're going to talk about it today. So let me ask you as we start, does anybody like those um, makeover segments on shows where they take somebody like off the street or whatever and they bring them in or you know my great aunt she really needs whatever and they bring them in and they get people to do all this stuff and they make them look different than they looked before usually I think they pick them like the most scraggliest person they could find because they're like now you're going to see the big the big change right um back in the day there was a time that that makeover shows were like all the rage on tv There were several shows about makeovers, and there was one show called Extreme Makeover, and it was kind of hard to watch. I don't know if anybody remembers that show. They brought people in that that underwent significant plastic surgery in order to change their appearance, and then at the end, they would like reveal, you guys remember what I'm talking about? And you were like, oh, this is just kind of gross. Like, I don't don't really want to watch it. So they shifted the show from like people who were just vain (laughs) to people who had like trauma injuries and birth defects and things like that. And then they were like, oh, look at this feel-good story. And then that whole show shifted. There was like this other genre of it to extreme uh, makeover home edition, right? At the beginning of the extreme makeover home edition, they would come into this you know, house that's all torn up and beaten down or whatever, and they would renovate it. They would like, paint the walls and fix the holes and whatever. But by the end of that show, it wasn't makeover. It was like tear down the old house and build a whole new house, right? So, but all the time they use this word makeover, makeover, makeover. I'm going to talk today about something bigger than a makeover. I'm going to talk about transformation. Transformation. It can mean surface stuff, kind of makeover-ish. But what we're going to talk about is when it means something more complete and all-encompassing. Transformation. Transformation. 
transform. Two parts to that word. The word trans talks about moving beyond, moving through, going, going to this new, different place. To move across, to move through, to go to the other side. Like transportation, being moved from this place to that, trans. The other part is the word form. It's a little more vague, but it talks about the construct or the appearance of something. It can be used for surface stuff or it can be used for really the, the core elements of a thing. What I'm going to say today is this. When you come to Jesus, when you become a child of God, when you by faith receive salvation, you are transformed. And by that, what I mean, we're going to look at this today, you are fundamentally changed. You are recreated. You are made new in Jesus Christ. It is the foundation of new life. In Ephesians 2, Paul talks about going from death to life. Is there any greater transformation that you can possibly imagine than going from death to life? These are the kinds of words we find in the Bible about what it means to know Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. And he's speaking about those who are in Jesus Christ, those who have received Jesus Christ. There is a recreation of you down to the very deepest elements of who you are. We tend to think about this as a, a transformation uh, or, or a magic switch that gets turned on. But the reality is it isn't something that is understandable to us. And it's probably not something that we spend enough time processing this. I will say there is no such thing as being saved but never changing. There is no such thing as I have received Christ and I'm kind of the same. Or I'm a little bit renovated. Or a few things have changed. There is no such thing as coming to Jesus and not being transformed. This new creation, it's not all at once. It's not a complete thing. It's not a, a frozen in time picture. We are created as new beings and then we explore what that means. It means transformation defines our life. From the moment we get saved until the moment we are forever with Jesus, we are being transformed. So we're going to look at three passages today about transformation to see three different phases in any believer's life of this transformation. This may well be the thing that has gotten in the way for you when we talk about living. Maybe you've been coming to hope for a while or you've been around Christians for a while. Maybe you've been around for a long time or, or you just started, but you've never deliberately and specifically made a decision to receive Jesus, to become a child of God. A big part of the reason I'm ending on this topic is for you because we've been talking about life and we've been talking about life and you're like, that sounds good, but... What we're going to talk about today, at least at the beginning, is exactly for you. For many of you, you made that decision a while ago. You became a child of God a while ago. But maybe you lost track of its full implications. I'm a child of God. But I try to live like nothing's changed. 
You've been working really hard to fit into a world that you will never fit into because you have been changed. You have been transformed. You are different. No, I want to be the same. You've been chasing stuff to fill up your soul and to fill up your life and to bring life to your life, but it never feels like it's any closer and you never feel any fuller and you certainly never feel any more alive. You wonder why you feel so overwhelmed and worn out and defeated. Perhaps a large part of the reason is that you didn't understand what it meant to be changed. And you keep trying to live like you haven't been changed. And I think the truth here can set you free. Either way, whether it's because you haven't crossed that line or you have but you're trying to live like you haven't, alive is something you can't quite grab. And I want you to have it today. So we're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. We're going to look at this transformation, like I said, in three different phases. This is a transformation that we are invited to believe in and then live it out. And this transformation begins for all of us who are children of God and for any of us who become children of God. It begins when you make a decision to follow Jesus, to become a child of God. That is not something that is inherited. I've talked to people before, like, I was born into the church, I grew up in the church, I've always been a Christian. According to the Word of God, no, you haven't. You are not a Christian until you make a decision, until you make a choice, until you act on what you have heard. No one does that by osmosis. Just because your mom and dad had Jesus doesn't mean you do. Just because you like Jesus doesn't mean you have him. It starts, this transformation that I'm talking about that brings life, starts when a person makes a decision to follow Jesus. None of us do that on our own. We certainly wouldn't know anything about this whole idea of sin and salvation and life and death unless God revealed it to us. And we wouldn't have any desire for it without the invitation and the work of the Spirit. So it's God at work in us. And when we allow that work in us and when we embrace that work in us, we come alive. Because it is nothing less than the transformation of your soul. A change down to the very core element of who you are. When Paul says the old has gone, the new has come, he's not talking about a new set of nails or a different haircut. He's talking about the very deepest part of you is forever changed. Jesus used the words born again, talking about the very substance of your identity is now different than it was when you were first born. God is the one who does all of this, and we receive it by grace through faith. I want to look at how Paul talks about this in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 to 18. He says this, But when anyone turns to the Lord, that, that's that phrase, turns to the Lord is that phrase we're talking about, making a decision to receive Christ. When anyone turns from where they're trying to pursue life, from where false hope is, to the Lord, what happens? It says this, The veil is taken away. He's referring back to a veil that Moses wore over his face after he had been face to face with God and his face glue. But what he's talking about for us as believers is this veil over our face stops us from seeing. Verse 17, now the Lord is spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Verse 18, and we all who with unveiled faces. See, so what happens is God sets us free from this veil. The veil was covering our faces we didn't see before. 
But now, when we get saved, when we turn to the Lord, the veil is removed and we have the freedom to see. What do we see? All who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory and are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. What Paul says is this. When you get saved, God changes you. Suddenly you can see. You can see what matters and what doesn't. Suddenly you have a different way of looking at this life and this world. Suddenly God's glory is impressing on you. And you are being changed into His glory. You are being changed into His image. You are receiving the life that God gives. We start seeing what we didn't before. It's like a veil was over our eyes, making it impossible to see or understand. But then when we receive Jesus, the veil is removed. And now we see. And what do we see? We see the one in whose image we've been remade. All people are made physically in the image of God. God created mankind in His image. But when you get saved, when you become a child of God, you are recreated spiritually in His image. That's why Paul says, the old has gone, the new has come. And so let me be clear, this is not self-help. This is not self-image refurbishment. This is not about, oh, I I always knew I was a good person, I just have to start believing it. This is not some upgrade to what already exists. This is exchange. This is transformation from dead to alive, from blind to seeing, from lost to found. This is that kind of change. As we've talked about this through the series, this idea of alive. I think, and I've had some conversations with people, you've felt the pull towards what we've been discussing, this this life that we ache for in our soul, but you can't quite put it together. You're like, maybe that works for you. I'm glad that works for you. That Christianity thing, I I wish it did work for me. It doesn't. Here's why. Because you haven't believed like this. You haven't come to Jesus. You haven't been changed in your soul. This is your issue. And today is your day to decide to cross this line of faith because you need to be made new. What's inside of us when we're born is death. That's why death is a gravitational force that keeps pulling and pulling and pulling at your soul. What you need is to be changed to the very center of you from death to life. Paul tells us in Romans, we believe with our heart and we confess with our mouth. In other words, when we come to Jesus, we use words. And when we talk to God, we call that prayer. So Romans chapter 10, 13, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be rescued, saved. So call on his name today. Something like this, Jesus, I need you. I need you to save me by your grace. I need you to change me, not because I'm worthy, but because I'm hopelessly lost without you. And I know Jesus died for me. I know Jesus rose so I could have new life. And I want to become a child of God by your grace. I want to receive that gift. That's pretty simple and straightforward. But maybe you don't know what, like you feel like, I don't know what to do about that. So here's the deal. If this is on your heart and you can't just bow your head right now or when I close the service, bow your head and pray that prayer, you want some help, we are all about that. So come see me see any of our elders, maybe talk to the person that invited you to hope. We will be glad to pray with you and bring you to that place where transformation is yours. We'll help you step into that. One more thing. 
Before I move on, I want to say this. Believers, examine yourself. Because this transformation always happens when we receive Jesus. Now, we don't always live it out. But somewhere inside of us, if, you, if you're by the Spirit of God, like, okay, well, my life doesn't look much different than an unsaved person's life. I, I worry like they do. I lie. I, I, whatever. If you want to look, look inside because this transformation always happens. No believer misses out. It is always completely true. What happens is, after becoming a Christian, if you try to go back to what you served before, it's empty miserable. You can't go back to the way that you lived before, to the way you had fun before, to the way you tried to chase life before, because there's no satisfaction, there's no peace, there's no hope in it, because you are now different, and now you see God's glory, which makes all of the other things that you worship before seem so tiny and so powerless. And if that's not you, maybe you've put the wrong label on you, And you need to come to Jesus and receive transformation. Maybe you haven't been living alive because you need God to start the transformation in you by being born again. Or maybe you need to remember that you have been transformed and start living like it. Next phase. Not just when we get saved, but through our whole lives, there is this transformation, this journey that God makes us new. I want us to go to Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, because God makes us new when we're saved, and then God begins to invite us to embrace this change. It is something that we choose day by day, week in, week out. The transformation that changed us inside starts to work itself out in our choices, in our actions, in our attitudes, in our outlook in our values, in what we want. It works itself out. I cannot live well as a believer. I I won't feel alive as a believer if I try to live untransformed. Paul writes to the Romans. He invites them to this journey in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, and it says this. Do not not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Sometimes, people who understand that they are saved only by grace think that they can be nonchalant or careless in their spiritual walk and everything's cool. The problem is, people who are like, yeah, but God's grace, God's grace, God's grace, that's awesome. But if you let God's grace be an excuse for you to be careless in your spiritual life and to never see any change show up that works itself from the inside out, then you will be dead in your life. You will not live alive. The problem is that our souls live in the destruction and the emptiness that we were saved from. That Jesus died to take away, and we turn back to it. The life we continue to live is actually the life that we were freed from in Jesus. So Paul says, don't conform to the pattern of this world. Look at the world for what it is, lost, broken, hopeless, powerless. Don't look to them for answers. They don't have any. Don't conform to the pattern of this world. Well, that's what people are doing. Well, that's how people are thinking. Well, that's how people are talking. 
I think over this past two years, it has been difficult for believers to understand how to bring this to bear in our lives. Because we started to think, just like the world thinks, that the answer to our lives is that everybody agree with some answer. Instead of that, the answer to our lives is that Jesus has me and he holds me. And I want people to, like, we got out of sync with the transformed life. And we started to pull back into as though we were people of this world. And we are not. Paul says that we are not to be conformed to this world because in salvation itself, we understand the devastating consequences of sin. If you think that doing what God says we shouldn't is probably something you want to sneak around and get to so you can have a little life, then you've, you've kind of forgotten the whole story of salvation. Because the story of salvation illustrates the devastating nature of sin. The infinite God of the universe suffered infinitely to experience the end of our sin so we don't have to. If you don't think that, that stepping over the line is a big deal, if you think that somehow you're, you're smarter than God is and, and that's not a big deal, do you see how serious it is to our Heavenly Father who suffered infinitely in our place? Paul goes on to say this conforming should instead be transforming. Not molded into the shape of the world, bend it around the ideas of the world. He says we should be transformed, and he tells us where? In our minds. He says in what we think, our transformation shows up in how we think, our values, our viewpoint, our decisions, our desires. The idea of being transformed, renewing, is meant to contrast with the effect of conforming. So what he's saying is this, when you conform to the world, it ruins you. It corrupts you. It brings disease to you. But when you are transformed, it renews you. It makes you alive. Do you see, believers, why so many believers are living dead? We've been changed, but we keep trying to live like we aren't. When we think like a lost person, we walk away from the life we've been given. We put it on a shelf in the closet, and we kind of forget it's there. Then we wonder why we feel so lost, we feel so discouraged, we feel so down. Because we walked away from the transformation. When you think like a lost person, you live lost. But when you are transformed, you live like someone who has received life. You don't fall for the lies in the promises of what God says we shouldn't do. Lying is not the way out of trouble. Or into profit. Lying is something that brings death to my soul. When I'm transformed, I'm not like, well, I should just lie so that I could get. Lying is not a way to control my destiny. Lying is a trick that brings death to my soul. Anger that controls me is not strength. Intimidation is not strength. Abusiveness is not strength. It is weakness that drains the life from me and pours pain out on other people. When I'm transformed, I see that. Living by my sexual desires, even defining myself by my sexual desires, means setting aside the invitation to know and trust the one who made me. The life that is beyond living by my lust is available, but I reject it. Bitterness is not a way to deal with hurt, to reestablish my values, because the reality is bitterness just wrecks me. 
I understand when I'm transformed, I understand how forgiveness sets me free and gives me life. This is the transformation Paul's talking about. Don't be conformed to the world. Be transformed by renewing your mind. This is a process that you are invited to. And I'm saying, believers, maybe you're not fully alive because you keep trying to live like you're dead spiritually. You need to let God show you the way that you are conforming to the pattern of this world and let Him show you the transformation that He has for you. Let's not live like we're dead and lost or we'll feel dead and lost. Instead, let's live like people who have come alive and are being changed. Now, there's one more transformation I want to talk about real quick. That's in Philippians chapter 3. And that is, we talked about when you first get saved, and we talked about the process of this life, but there is one more transformation that everybody here has not yet seen. I know some people who have seen it, but I haven't, and you haven't. It's when we come to the end of our time on this earth, whether in death or at the coming of Jesus, what we are told is that we will be fully changed. Not just our spirit, and not just the way that that works out into our choices and our actions, but our very body itself will be changed. Paul says this in Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. But our citizenship is in heaven. Remember that, people. Our citizenship is not here. That means we don't belong here. I'm not saying we, we aren't supposed to be here. I'm saying this is not home the way that heaven is home. Our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who, by the power that enabled Him to bring everything under His control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like His glorious body. Now, this week, I was hanging some balloons for a party for Matt's 30th birthday, so looking up, and all of a sudden, in my neck, something went wrong. And I was pain, and it was like some kind, I don't know what happened, but I couldn't move. Because you know why? This body is getting older. <laughs> and as it gets older, I have some testimony people here. Yes, preach, Mark. As it gets older, it doesn't work like it used to, right? Aren't you glad that one of the promises of transformation is that this body will be transformed? Isn't that awesome? Isn't there hope in that? I mean, we could go around like, oh, man, I hurt today. Uh, and I get it. We do. Okay, it's, it's heavy. But here's the thing. This body's temporary. I got a better one coming that's permanent. Right? Okay, now, here's the other part, though. You think it's all about just relief from the physical stress. But here's the reality of what he's saying there. My body is the reason that I'm in a battle. Because in my flesh are the echoes of who I used to be. And as long as I'm in this body, I have a war that I'm fighting against me, right? But when I get there, my body will be in sync with my spirit. And all the pull that you have felt every day towards whatever it is that you do that you shouldn't do, whether it's to, to be lazy or to worry or to be mad or to hold grudges or whatever it is, whatever your pull is, that because your body is made new, it's gone. And now you live completely transformed forever. Maybe you're not living alive because you've forgotten some of the promise. 
You've forgotten what your hope is and where it is. We will all be changed. So today, we have people here who need to respond right now in your soul to this. Some of you, you need to say, I want to do that thing about starting this transformation. I want to become a child of God and receive the work of God to change me from the very depths of my being. If that's you, this is your time. For some of us, we've been Christians a long time. We forgot that we've been changed and we kept pushing away God's invitation to start living like we've been changed. So we keep going back to living like we're lost. Today you need to say, God, I need to be done with that. I'm I'm setting that aside. I want you to bring that transformation out into my life. I want you to show me. I want to stop being conformed to the world and I want to be transformed. I want to be renewed and I want to come alive. And if you felt hopeless, if you felt like this world is crushing you, if you felt like this battle inside of you is never going to be won, maybe today what you need to do is live in the confidence of the hope that you've been given, that there is a finish line, that there's a transformation that finishes the whole thing. And you need that hope to inform your life today. I don't know what God wants to do in every single heart, but I am convinced that these are the things we need to look at this day. So we're going to close our service in prayer. And as I bow, as we bow together, you are invited to have a conversation with God about the thing that you are on. Maybe someone else comes to mind. You're welcome to pray for them. But don't use praying for someone else as an excuse to bypass what God might have to say to you. So let's bow our heads together. We'll close our service in a word of prayer. You feel free to pray as I do. Father, this morning... I thank you for this incredible, unbelievable, overwhelming gift that you've given to unworthy people, this this gift of transformation, this gift of life. And as we have talked about it over these past couple months, I pray that you would use your word and the truth of your word and the power of the resurrection of Jesus to bring your people alive more than ever before. I know that life can feel dark, overwhelming, and heavy, and yet I know that you are greater than anything that we face in this world. I know that the power that you pour into our life is more than we've ever imagined it to be. So today, Father, I'm asking that you would take your word and bring it to us. If there are any here that right now you're on their soul about you need to make that decision. Help them to make that decision in their soul right now. And if they can't figure out how, help them to find the right person to help them on that journey, to help them take that step. For us as your children, Father, I pray that you would bring this very much to bear in practical ways. Where am I living like God hasn't changed me? Where am I living like change is something to run away from instead of something to embrace? Where am I living in dissonance with who I've been made to be in my soul? Shine your light on us, Father. And I pray for those who need the hope of what you have promised us yet to come, the the transformation when it is fully complete. I pray that you would remind us day in and day out about the hope that you've given us and the destination that we are inevitably going to. 
So, Father, we thank you. Your goodness is fully on display this day. We put these things in your hands and we trust in you. For it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.